Let's talk about money. It's a tool, a part of our everyday lives, but it's also an indicator of what we value. Every purchase we make is shaped by something we believe. This is why money matters to our faith. Scripture says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart been at lately? We're called to love people and use money, not the other way around. In God's kingdom, being generous isn't a burden. It's our privilege. So the next time you spend, save, or give, remember, it's not about the dollars, but about the difference we get to make. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. How's everybody doing today? Uh, let's all stand up, get our legs going. Y'all ready for football? Who is not ready for football? How about you ready for Jesus? Come on out. I want to say hello to all the campuses and during our worship time, um, I don't remember what song it is. And some, I have a hard time remembering songs. I had chills in my body. We were just talking about the Lord is all, Lord is the glory for God. And I just want to, let's just pause for a minute and give God praise for who he is in our life. Come on, come on, church. Come on, church. Jesus! Um... Tomorrow is 9-11. I know it was already announced in all our services, but we want to take a moment tomorrow, uh, today, to remember tomorrow and the tragedy that happened uh, many years ago and all the people who lost their lives, all the first responders. If you have never been to Ground Zero, I would encourage you to go there. Um, I went there. My book, Third Option, actually launched on, I think it was the 20th anniversary, something like that, and I got to go down there, and it was... Um, uh, it was amazing. Um, it's very emotional to see the two plots of the Twin Towers now are, it's like an abyss where water just goes into a hole and it's, it's just an amazing place. Um, uh, so anyway, we just want to remember all the people who died, all the families that were impacted, all the people who are still uh, have cancer and getting cancer from being there and serving. Um, it's just a tragedy. Uh, on a happy note, tomorrow is my 39th anniversary here with my wife. Tell my wife that I love you. It's been uh, 43 years since we met in 1980. We beat a lot of odds, and uh, we're going to do life together. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to go to the next life to, to, on the same day, the same time. Amen. Let's do this. Let's do this. I don't know how we're going to work that out, but I really believe that. But I just enjoy doing life with you, and thank you for taking care of me all these years, and uh, hopefully I've been doing a good job of taking care of you. So God bless you. God bless you. I love you. Amen. Today is also nine years at our, our Chula Vista campus, South Bay campus, uh, San Isidro Chula Vista. God bless you all down there. Come on, church. Come on, church. And today we start our first service in Spanish on Sunday. I'll be down there at 1 o'clock. So if you speak Spanish, come on down there at 1 o'clock. We're going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. 
Um, hey, can, can you get out your phone uh, real quick? I just want to uh, challenge you in something, encourage you in something. We come to church, and I don't know how often y'all come to church. I think the average person comes once a month. Come on, let's, let's, let's up that, whatever that is for you. Um, but it's really not only for us. It's for the people who in our lives that we know. There was a time when you, I, didn't know God. Can I get amen? It's true. You were never born. No one's born a Christian. We're born sinners. And somebody had to tell you about Jesus. If no one told you, you wouldn't be here. So now it's our job to tell somebody else. Can I get amen? And it's not really a suggestion. I mean, that's just a biblical thing. So I, I, yeah, I'm just telling you what it is. So I just want to take, just take 15 seconds and write the name of one person in your phone that you know needs, needs Jesus. Just one person. Can everybody take out your phone? Let's see your phones. I want to see the phones. Let's see the phone. I know all of y'all got a phone. <laughs> let, me, let me back up. I know all of y'all got a phone. Can I see all your phones? I'm the only one that should not be without a phone right now. Lift your phone up. I'm not seeing all the phones. Come on now, church. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's see the phones. Look around the room. Look at all the people. Okay. Let's see the phones. Okay. Take a minute and write. Just take 15 seconds. Write one name. You can write two or three. At least one name of someone who you know needs to know Jesus. Your cousin Ray Ray and Pookie. Just put their names in there. I heard Cardi B, and, and I'm a, I love Cardi B. You know, I don't, I'm not a fan of her music, but she is, she is a twin to my cousin, a twin. And she's from New York, I'm from New York, and my heart just breaks for her. And I heard her say that she is, in, these are my words, resenting some of the music that she's made. And she realized how harmful it is. I've heard three uh, um, rappers say that yesterday. They're like, we messed up. And um, God is doing something because the devil overplays his hand. But we have to do our part to say, and by the way, I'm going to reach out to Cardi B. Cardi B, I'm coming for you. She's my cousin to a T. Um, but I, I want to pray for whoever you put in that phone. And I want you to join me in praying. I'm joining you in praying. Amen. Lift your phone if you, if you, if you want to offer this person to God. Okay. Lord, I pray for all the names on all these phones. And I pray that you would bless them, prepare their hearts to receive the gospel however they receive it, and prepare us to speak truth to them. I pray for the people who didn't write a name. I pray that you would put a name on their heart. And that would, for whatever reason, they didn't write a name. For whatever reason, they're not participating. That you would move on their heart and show them how much you love their friend. And how much their family member, their mother, their sister, their brother, their son. Someone who they have an attitude with. That we need to bury that so we can be a, 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 an evangelist. A speaker of truth, the light of the world to that person. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm praying for your friend. Mm. Give someone a high five, take a seat. Turn to Exodus chapter four, second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter four. You ever go over someone's house for dinner or for a meal and after you eat your meal, you take the leftovers or the person whose house it is, they take the leftovers and they throw it on the ground or put it on a plate for a dog. You ever see that? 
and the dog comes and eats. And, and because they do that, dogs will kind of hang around the table and they'll be like, you know, I'm just waiting for you to finish your meal so I can get mine. I don't have a dog. Uh, uh, I'm that guy in my family. I eat everybody's leftovers before it goes on the floor. Not from the floor, but just, you know, from, I'm, I'm, I'm like, especially if you got French fries. And if, you, if, if we're in In-N-Out together and one of your fries falls off the little, the little paper tray, it's, it's, it's community property. So I'll be walking around, and I'll, bam, I'm just a set. So, but what happens is people, people give their leftovers to the dogs. But what if you went to somebody's house, and when you went to sit down to eat, they gave you the leftover. And they put the leftover on the table and said, that's your meal. That, that would not be a good thing. We've been talking about giving. And we were talking about tithing. We were talking about, you know, sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. We're going to review all of that. But a lot of times when we get paid, we use all the money for what we want. And whatever's left over, we give to God. And God said, no, no, no. I don't want your leftovers. Matter of fact, I don't want your leftovers. God don't want your scraps. He wants first. He wants to get paid first. And we're going to talk today about no leftovers. Everyone say no leftovers. Say no leftovers. And I'm going to tell you, if you put God first in your finances, he will bless your finances. How many of you want your finances to be blessed? I've been asking you this every week. Okay, keep saying that. Okay, if you, want, if you put your God, how many of you want your marriage to be blessed? Put your marriage first. The, the reason that my wife and I are still together after 39 years, it's not because I'm just a wonderful husband, because I'm not. It's not because she's a wonderful wife, but she is. Hey. Tomorrow's my anniversary, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, it's because we keep reminding ourselves, and by the way, we do not do this perfectly, so I'm not trying to be, you know, act like I'm as perfect anything. But we, okay, what does God want? How do we put God first? How do we put God first? We would not be together if, if I didn't say, God, just here, I can't do this. We met in 1980 for four years I was a mess, and I was breaking up, get back together, break up, get back together. I was just a mess. And then I got saved. It's okay, God, can, can you? And, and I knew I was going to marry her, which I, which I declared when I first saw her, before I even met her. That's my wife. But I couldn't do it. I was not capable. And then I said, God, I'm giving you my heart, and then I'm going to give you my relationship. So whatever, whatever you give to God and make God first in that area will be blessed. Whatever you don't, won't be as blessed. Now, it doesn't mean you might not have a wife. It just might not be the best it can be. It, might not, it doesn't mean you won't have any money, but it won't be the best you can be. And you may even have more money, but you won't enjoy it. How many of y'all got money the, money, the amount of money you wanted, and then it, it didn't, never panned out to be what, it, what, it, what you thought it was going to get you? You got that new car. You got that new, that new dress. I was, I was in the store with my daughter who's a, who took a shopping, which was a mistake. <laughs> it was like, what was I thinking? And we go into the store, and there's a dress there. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It was just something she liked. And she literally is like, uh, 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 I got to have it. I got to have it. I was like, girl, let's go outside. It's only material. Like a fool, I bought the dress. And she probably wore it one time. And so a lot of times we think we're going to get this. But God, if you don't have the blessing of God, you could be sitting in the house you want, looking at the view you want, and go, why is this not fulfilling me? Because God's blessing is not in your heart. So we're going to talk today about no leftovers. Everyone say no leftovers. 
Let's review Galatians 6, 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. We talked about this two weeks ago. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. If you sow to your pride, you will reap death. If you sow to your arrogance, you will reap death. But if you sow to blessing of God and out of obedience to God, you will reap life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Say it with me. Keep being faithful. Say it with me. Keep being faithful. One more time. Keep being faithful. And then it's going to pay off. Okay. We looked, at, we looked at what we reap, we sow. You sow apples, you reap apples. If you sow financial faithfulness, you will beget financial blessing. You reap after you sow. Apples grow after you plant them. Financial blessing comes after you are faithful. We reap more than we sow. If you sow one seed, it can grow an orchard. God's blessing always exceeds your financial faithfulness. And if you reap if you sow, you cannot reap if you do not sow. So nothing will grow unless you plant it. Financial blessing will not come unless you are faithful. Tithe, we talked about tithe, is the 10% that you receive, um, the first 10% of what you get. First fruits, everyone say first fruits. Remember that, God must be first. Look at the person next to you and say, God must be first. I, I was, I was um, ministering to these gang members uh, years ago, and I, was, and I was sharing the gospel with this gang member, and I, drew, his, I can't remember his name, but I think his girlfriend's name was Lucy, and I drew a little stick figure of Lucy and a little stick figure of him. I said, this is your girlfriend, right? He said, yes. I said, okay, what, what if I said to you that your girlfriend had another boyfriend, but you could get her, you know, four days a week, but he got her three days a week. I said, no. He's like, no. He says, you want all of her. She needs to be yours 100%. God needs to be first in everything we do. Can I get amen? Ties, we talk about ties being a source of blessing and Giving removes a curse and secures a blessing on the 90% you receive. We talked about that last week. Today I want to talk about first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. Say first fruits. God must be first. There's a thing called the primacy effect. The primacy effect says the first experience impacts all experiences that follow in a series of events. So if you meet somebody, you ever meet somebody, and the first time you meet them, you just get this weird feeling about them. And then every other time you think about them, talk about them, or see them, you got that first experience in your head. Can I, amen? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, they, they, it don't matter why. And it could be you. But what, it doesn't matter. You walked into this relationship, you met them, and something rubbed you wrong. And then all the rest of your time, every time someone brought that person up, you're like, yeah, I met them. They were just all snotty and, you know, they, and they didn't look at me and then they, they didn't smile or they just thought they all, oh, whatever it was, it got you in some kind of funky way. And then all the other events related to them was clouded by that first event. That's called the primacy event, the primacy effect. Now, I know when I meet people, sometimes I'm not having a good day. And I'm like, hey, Pastor Miles, they're all happy. And I'm like, I don't want to talk right now. But I didn't think about that. Because I met him, and he, he, all, he all funny on Sunday, but he, he a jerk out in public. He wasn't even nice. He didn't look at me. He, he didn't say hi to me. Didn't give me a hug. Didn't pray for me. Didn't have a prophecy word, prophetic word for me. I'm like, so I got to, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. How you doing? Hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It's, it's not that it's fake. I got, I, got, I got to make sure I got to be on my aim game because I know people, that's the one thing that's going to be focused on, even whether you're having a good day. By the way, some of the people you meet, they're having a bad day. 
Their mom just died. Someone got cancer. They just lost their job. But we're so focused on ourselves that when we, that happens, we, we just judge them. And then everything else is related to them. We cloud it with that first event. My daughters worked at a restaurant, Mimi's, Mimi's Cafe. Mimi's Cafe, I love the food in Mimi's Cafe. They worked at Mayor Mesa, Mimi's Cafe. Now the hostess sets the tone for the people you get come into the restaurant. So when you come into the restaurant, the first person that you meet is going to set the tone for how the food tastes, your whole experience. Because if you, if you have a bad experience at the hostess, you're going to walk to the table, mm, I don't like these people. Mm, 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 mm. And, then, and don't, don't let the hostess not have a smile. Oh, they're, they're really rude at that place. And then don't let the food be almost kind of late. And the food ain't kind of be late. Don't let it not be hot. And then you never go back. And then you tell everybody, don't go to Mimi's. So my daughters were the hostesses. They were all horrible. Remember that, Dad? Here's my, here's my daughter. No, it's funny because we joke about it all the time. Here's my daughters. Here's my daughters. This is no lie. This is like a family joke for like 20 years, literally. They're at the front door. Welcome to Mimi's. Welcome to Mimi's. You're like, oh, uh, is everything? Yeah, you know, I'll take you to your seat. I don't even think they got that far. They just said, welcome to Mimi's. Well, that Mimi's, the very Mimi's that they worked in, not only is it closed. <laughs> they went out of business because my daughters. <laughs> it is torn to the ground. It doesn't exist. The building is gone. If you have a negative event, that negative event becomes momentum in your relationship. I want to tell you a story about Israel. Abraham had a son named Jacob. Jacob had a son named Israel. Israel's name was changed to Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. One of them was Joseph. He was sold into slavery. He goes to Egypt. The family follows. 70 people became 2 million slaves. Pharaoh had Israel in slavery, in bondage. Israel was God's firstborn. First, when you receive income, when you receive a blessing, the first part of it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. And if you hold on to the first part of it, you are holding on to something that doesn't belong to you. So Pharaoh, Pharaoh had something that belonged to God. And Pharaoh held on to something that God was saying, let my people go. And if you don't let my people go, me and you are going to have some kind of relationship. And so look what it says. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, they say to, then say to Pharaoh that this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. We become like Pharaoh when we hold on to things that belong to God. Now, here's the thing. When you meet this person, this person, and the first thing you meet is they, they have an attitude. It, it doesn't matter what the circumstances is. It's just something that rubs you wrong. It puts you at a different position, disposition towards them than if they were nice. So in other words, if you met somebody and they went, yeah, how you doing, how you doing? You'd be like, okay, I got to be careful with this person. They ain't, they ain't friendly. But if you met somebody else that they were friendly, it's like, hey, how you doing? I, mean, I just want to give you a hug. 
Am I, am I, am I, am I making sense so far? When, you, when we, when Pharaoh said to God, God, I'm not giving you your firstborn. God said, okay, then now I got to deal with you one way. But if God, Pharaoh said, I'm going to give you my firstborn, then God said, I'm going to deal with you another way. God is always like GPS. The way we respond to God, God responds to us. If you say, God, I'm not going to pray, he said, well, I, then I got to have a different strategy to bless you than if you do pray. God, I'm going to be faithful and give, then I have a different strategy than if you are not faithful and giving. Because the, the firstborn that God has or the first fruits of what you have, God wants that. He doesn't want the substitute. In other words, when I, if I go over someone's house and they give me leftovers, eh, we're going to try this again because I'm not eating that. I want, and I'm real picky about my food, I want my food hot, like steam coming out. Like I tell my wife, I said, and if I go to a restaurant, and I'm not that guy in the restaurant that sends stuff back because I'm just not that guy. So I try to prevent that from happening. I go, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to be picky, but can you give, can you, um, can you deliver the food like right when it's out the oven? Like I like it hot. Sometimes they don't bring it hot. Sometimes they do, but that's just my deal. And so God says, listen, um, you can give me your little $2 here, $2 here, but the first 10%, that's mine. I don't want the last 10%. I want the first. That's what God said. Look what it says. Look what the Bible says in Exodus 13, verse 11. It shall, come, it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. Now he's talking to Israel. He's talking to his people. As he swore to your fathers and gives it to you. When God brings you into the promised land. Everyone say promised land. The promised land is representative of our relationship with Christ. When Israel was in Egypt in bondage, it's representative of us being in bondage to sin. And God is going to bring them into the promised land where they're going to have, uh, where they can grow all their crops, have all the animals, the land flowing with milk and honey. Milk represents a cow or a goat, and honey represents a bee and a plant that you can grow in vegetables and fruit. And so you're going to have fertile land, you're going to have fertile land for your crops, you're going to have fertile land for your animals, and I'm going to bless you with plenty. Okay, so he says, when you go there, verse 12, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, every firstborn that comes from the animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. Every first of a donkey shall, you shall redeem with a lamb. In other words, I don't want a donkey, just give me a lamb. But if you will not redeem it, break its neck. All the firstborn of a man among you shall redeem. Don't kill the firstborn son, but just give me money. But I want you to acknowledge that that's mine. This is what keep following me now. So it shall be when your sons ask in time, why are we doing that? Why are we giving God's firstborn of everything we have? And why are we redeeming, in other words, giving money in replace of the firstborn? Why? And it says, by strength of hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go. That the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I shall sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, the firstborn. All the firstborn sons I shall redeem. It shall be a sign on your hand and on the frontlets between your eyes. By strength of hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. One of the reasons we give, and especially the reasons we give first, is to acknowledge that God is the one who set us free. God is the one who gives you blessing. God is the one who's given you opportunity. God is the one who's going to forgive you. God is the one who's blessed you with every spiritual blessing under heavenly places. And if we don't remind ourselves of that, we will start to think, I did this. When Israel left 
Egypt and they were walking around in the wilderness. Moses went up to the mountain 40 days, 40 nights, didn't drink water, didn't, and, and he was up there with God and the, the Israelites were getting grumbly down in the, in, the, in, the, in the valley and they said, where's this Moses cat? Where's he at? And they said, you know what? Let's build a golden calf and worship that and say that brought us out of Egypt. And they did. Moses came down, broke the tablets, the Ten Commandments, and, and 3,000 people died because God judged them. <laughs> raise your hand and, and be honest with you, and I'll be the first to raise my hand. If you ever thought that it wasn't God that got you your blessings, you got it. Let me try this again because I know y'all like it. You know, I don't want to raise my hand. <laughs> you got your job. You got your woman. You bought that car. You bought that house. You earned that money. You made that deal. You did that. Nah. That's the very point. Because once you start thinking that, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. God says, hmm, I'm feeling some kind of way towards you. Because God's saying, I did all that. And by the way, I can take it. Anytime I want. And by the way, if you ever think that you didn't do it and uh, you did it and God didn't, just remind God of maybe something he doesn't know. Say, God, this is all mine. You can't take it. Just, I mean, you, I, I, please don't do that. But when you think about even trying that, you'll be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't even think that. Maybe I need a reminder. Because if God blessed you with that, he can bless you with way much more if your relationship is right with him. And so what happens is when, you, when we say to God, I'm going to give you leftovers, God is saying, you're not, we're not in right relationship right now. It's like GPS. You put a GPS in for, for, for a, uh, a destination and it says, go down this street and you make a left. Because you think you know better than GPS. What does GPS do? It doesn't shut your car off. It doesn't flatten your tires. It goes... Let me recalculate. And, and depending on what kind of GPS, they'll, they'll go, bing, and they'll wait for a minute, and they go, make a right turn. And then you don't. Then they'll go, bling, make a left turn. And you just keep doing your own thing. And the GPS, that's what God, God says, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to blast you. But my relationship with you just changed. Now I got to recalibrate how I direct you. So three things we're going to look at. Number one, Honor God by giving to him first. Everyone say first. When we take tithes and offerings, you need to think, okay, I'm going to honor God first. And I'm going to secure a blessing on my life. Look what it says. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and your first fruits of your increase. Everyone say first. Your first 10%. Your first part of your morning? You ever get up in the morning and have a bad first hour of your morning and it ruins the rest of your day? Can I get an amen? Then you may make sure you get up in the morning and say, I am going to make sure the first part of my day is, is devoted to God. What? What? You can control that. But if you get up, oh, yeah, let me look at my emails, let me look at my Instagram, let me, let me make some calls, okay. Oh, yeah, God, bless my day. It's like, it's too late. You don't, you don't, you don't set your, I got, now I got to take all day to get you back where we could have started. <laughs> hey, ladies, 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 all ladies in the house say, hey. If you go on a date, don't be coming up with this. Here's the problem. 
I'm a dude. I'm telling you, here's how dudes think. If you sure, if you come in there like this, that's what he's gonna be looking at. And now you gotta, the only way, the only, there's no place from there except to go this way. You can't go this way. Come with your Shiite, come with your, your mother. Make them work. Make them work. Don't be, hey, get back up, back up. You ain't getting nothing. Nope, nope. Shake your hand. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Because once it, ladies, ladies, listen, I'm telling you the truth now. Once it go there or goes there, it's hard to get back. You can't give it and take it, suggest it and not, you know, you can't do that. Just say, hey, look, here's the thing. I love Jesus, and we're going to do this God's way, and if that don't work, it's not worth it. You will be for four or five years down the road and go, how did I end up with this fool? Okay. Exodus. Ex- but, but look, I need, a, I, need a, I'm a, I'm a, I need to do a whole other series on relationships. Get your, get your stuff right. Look what it says. What, look what it says. Look what it says. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits and the increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflowing with new wine. How many of y'all want your barns filling with plenty or, or your blessings being overflowed? Then do it God's way. You can't beat the system. You cannot beat God's system. You can't even beat the government system. How are you going to beat God's system? No, number two in your notes. Look at number two. Look at, look at number two in your notes. God, give, giving God first secures a blessing on the rest. Giving God's God first secures a re- blessing on the rest. Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit, if the first part is holy, and holy doesn't mean you blessed it and put water on it. It means that, Lord, I got paid. I am setting aside this for you. That's it. It's set aside. Don't belong to me. I got to get it out of my hands. I'm stealing. I, I, I'm bringing a curse. But if I do that to you, then God says, okay, now I could bless the rest. But if you don't do that and you got something that's his, it's like I'm dealing with you as a thief. I, 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 how do I bless you? Now, if you, have, if, if you have two kids or more, and if you don't have any kids, this is what's going to happen. If you end up having two kids, you will not treat them the same ever. One, they're not the same. So my mother had five kids, so I was the second oldest. And my brother, who was right under me, was always in trouble. Like, whatever my father said not to do, he would do. He was always in trouble. So my father was always like, man, what's this guy doing? He's just always disciplining him. I was the opposite. I was the kid that never got in trouble. Because if I, got, if I did something wrong, I would punish myself. I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm going to the room. I'll be in there. I'll come out Christmas. How about that? I'll be, I'll be there three months. Don't, don't worry about it. You don't need to beat me because we got whooped. We got whooped. My father was a cop. Who was I going to call? I was, it was, it was, <laughs> and he's dead, so no one can get him now. So, you know, damage is done. But what happened was I was like, look, I'm good. I'm going to go on my I'll st- We just have to stand in the corner. And you all have to stand in the corner. You don't, some of y'all don't know about this. Here's the room, the corner. We would stand with our heads in the corner like that. How many of y'all remember that? Anybody going to stand in the corner? Yeah, okay. For all y'all who don't know that, make your kids stand in the corner. Don't, don't, don't tell them I'm telling you to do this because CBS may call me. But, but my, my sister would come home with her girlfriends. And, of course, we had crushes on all her girlfriends except a couple. But they would come in. And me and my brothers would all stand in the corner in the room, all three of us, because we all got in trouble. <laughs> if you withhold the 10%, 
what God wants from you. He goes, before we go to second base, we got to deal with first base. My dad spent so much time disciplining my other brother, he, he had less time to play with him. And with me, he said, well, I don't need to discipline you as much, so let's, let's go do this. And if God is spending so much time with you, trying to teach you the basic stuff, he can't trust you with the blessing. And, and, and this is something, and this is something you, I would challenge you to test it. Say, I'm going to be financially faithful for 90 days. Watch what happens. I'm daring you. Just look, look at what happens. And by the way, you can't measure anything without a number. So watch the numbers work. And if, and if God's not faithful, don't do it. Don't do it. Number three. Number three. Um, God, giving God first it demonstrates faith for more to come. So here's the thing. This is the most radical thing about this. When God told them to sacrifice the firstborn of a lamb, if you had a mother lamb and the first one you have is a, the boy comes out, that first lamb is the beginning of the rest of your lambs. Because the mother's going to die at some point, so you need to have another one so you can have more lambs. Can I get an amen? God says, I want the first one. Well, oh God, can we just give you the second one? Because if we give you the first one and no more come, we're left out. He says, you got to trust me. He says, by giving the first, it is evidence that you trust more is to come. God, everyone raise your hand. Say, God, I trust you. This is about trust. This is, a, yeah, say, say it. This is about trust. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to put your hands down. First Corinthians 15, 20. Let me read this. Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is the firstborn. He is the first fruits. And since by man came death, by man also comes resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ First, afterward, those who are in Christ. God sent Jesus. He said, I want you to live the life they should have lived, die the death they should have died. And three days later, you're going to rise from the dead. And anyone who believes in him will also rise from the dead. When, when the people gave their firstborn lamb, they said, God, we're giving our firstborn lamb to you by faith. We trust you and we trust that there's more to come. Jesus rising from the dead was evidence that more is to come. In other words, if you trusted in the God that died and never rose from the dead, you should have no hope to live. But because Jesus rose from the dead, he's saying to you, I'm just the beginning of more to come. And that more to come is you. When you give your life to God, you have faith, can have faith that you have eternal life because our Savior rose from the dead. He is the sign of more to come. Before I pray for you, I want to encourage you in your financial life. God says in Malachi 3, 8, 10, test him. Take this seriously because I know all y'all want to be financially blessed. And no one can bless you in your finances, your health, your relationships, your career, and every part of your life like God. And the, the, in the simplest form, 
commit it to him the way he prescribes, and he'll take care of the rest. So commit to tithing. And then watch what happens. Do it for 90 days. Watch what happens. And when stuff happens, don't go, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, yeah, I was going to get that check in the mail anyway. No, you weren't. You was getting ready to get fired. <laughs> but say, God, I'm going to trust you and watch what happens. The other side is that there's a lot of y'all in here. He wants your heart. Because really, it's not about your money. Matter of fact, for some of y'all, if you were honest, you would say, God, I owe you years of tithing. And, and let God speak to you about that. Watch God do something. If you say, Lord, I'm just going to make up for what I know I should have given you. That's between you and God. And that's, that's you hearing the voice of God, the word of God, and saying, God, I'm really going to trust you. And by the way, you can never outgive God. You have to let him do that in your life. So I want to pray for you in your heart that God would give you the faith to say, Lord, I'm going to take that step. I'm going to start. I'm going to tithe. And, and you're going to get the first. And I'm going to honor you first. When I'm sick, I'm going to come to you first. When I'm discouraged, I'm going to come to you first. When I'm lonely, I'm coming to you first. When I get up in the morning, I'm giving my day to you first. And, I'm, and when I get paid, I'm going to give it to you first. And then I'm going to watch you change my life. You don't want to be Pharaoh. You don't want to be hit like Pharaoh, getting all these plagues sent on your life because you are holding something that don't belong to you. So let me pray for you right now. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that this series has been an encouragement to people, not only in their heart, but in their wallet. I pray that those people who have heeded your word have also seen your blessing. And I know there are people in this room and all the campuses who are still struggling with making a decision to start tithing or to be generous or even to uh, just give something that you put on their heart that just seems unrealistic to give. I just pray supernatural faith in their life. And as the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, if you're like, I want to be faithful with my finances. I want to have the faith to tithe. I want to have the faith to be generous over my tithe and give offerings. Lord, help my unbelief. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up really high, really high. If you want God to bless your finances, you want the faith to be financially faithful with your money, give your hand up really high. Very good, very good, very good. Keep your hand up. Let me pray for you in all the campuses and all the campuses. Lord, I pray for all these people. They're all in different places. They're all in different places in their finances, in their careers. They're all in different places in their giving. Some give something, some give nothing. Some tie, but they want to be generous over and above. Whatever that is, I pray for the faith to take today a step forward. For the people who don't give anything, that they will start giving something, and they would automate it. For the people who give something, they would start tithing truly, and they would automate it. For people who just say, I want to be generous because I have been blessed, and I want to just give it over and above, that they would do it today. They wouldn't wait till tomorrow. That, that not only would they give of their first, they would do the, that would be the first thing they do. And that you would bless them in a way that they would undeniably say, that was God. And that you would say, now I want to tr you to trust me with that. And then they would trust you and be faithful with that. And they would say, that was God. And Lord, I pray that however you bless them and honor their faithfulness and their obedience, 
whether it be through material things, whether it be through open doors of opportunities, whether it be for a peace that they've never had in their heart, a contentment, a release of the bondage of having to have more and greed. I pray that they would acknowledge God blessed my faithfulness. Thank you, God. Because at the end of the day, we can't take it with us. It's really just a, a tool to teach us to trust. So for all the people whose hands are up, Lord, I pray you bless them, and I pray they take that step today. In Jesus' name, amen. For all of y'all with your hands up, you can put your hands down, but all of you raise your hand. Um, here's the thing. No leftovers. Today. Do what you got to do today, and then watch what God does. Amen.